You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. I feel like I always make you start the podcast, so this is me starting the podcast. Alana is starting the podcast. <laughs> this is the start. I always, I, we're always just sitting here and I just wait until you say something first. You know, it's, it's good. It like, it's like, it pushes me, pushes me to be better. It's a lot like when we did improv and I would never initiate a scene. That's exactly what I was thinking. We would all just sit out there quietly for like as long as we possibly could. <laughs> like I, fuck, someone fucking say something. I'm not, I'm not doing it. If you wait long enough, someone else will be forced to do it. And that is a principle that I apply to my life, to every aspect of my life, really. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it really works out, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we got some of our best scenes that way and, and probably some of our best episodes. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but here we are talking about episode six, six. in season two. Six. six. E- yeah, episode six, season two. Ascension. Ascension. We are ascending somewhere. And to the stars. Oh yeah, of course. Well, you never know. But it it does seem to be that we're ascending to the stars, yes. Well that's just that's the slogan. That's that's the slogan. (laughs) I wrote it down. I I don't know that I would have remembered if I didn't write it down, but that's the slogan for you know what it's we'll get there. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We got it, we got it. I'm like, you've never been to Skyline Uh, Mountain. No, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that I would like to go to the Skyline Resort, and I think that we should go to Skyland, Virginia. Is it real? I don't know. No, I have done no research, but I assume that it is real. You said that like you looked it up, but don't. I don't really want to know. Let's just plan a trip. <laughs> We're just going to drive to Virginia just try to find it. Yeah. And we cover every mile of Virginia until we find Skyland Mountain or something similar. There can only be so many mountains in Virginia, so I think we can do it. That's a good point. Okay, so the first note that I actually have about this episode, which is based on the first scene where Mulder's listening to his voicemail of Scully being pretty violently kidnapped, just by the way is Mulder looks hot in this scene. That's (laughs) really funny that you wrote that because the first thing that I wrote down was I said Mulder looks bad. Um, But I retracted that later in the episode because as it kept going, I was like, he looks incredible in this episode. This five o'clock shadow working perfectly for him. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it was something with the lighting. It was, like, very dark and mysterious. But I also wrote that he seemed, like, pretty unfazed upon hearing the kidnapping. But then he, like, rushes out. So you know he's probably just, you know, in shock. But his face doesn't really change as he listens. Right. And the thing is, is that 
this episode starts with him looking bad before he knows what happened to Scully. Like we're already starting from a place of he's not doing well. And then he finds out Scully's been kidnapped. It's really like, it it just feels like he is being pushed as low as possible. Yeah. I mean, this is like directly following obviously the, uh, hostage situation pretty much so he's had a rough like 48 hours here he really has he hasn't slept he continues not to sleep i would guess throughout this whole episode it seems that way yeah i guess i should say at the top here along with our uh thoughts that Mulder looks hot is that i had a lot of feelings in this episode I think it probably doesn't say anything good about me but I felt like this was maybe the most attracted I've ever been to Mulder that's interesting can you can you say more about that (laughs) well I don't know if I should jump ahead to you know the real scenes that like really got me yeah just go for it Well, I mean, he chokes somebody in this episode. Mm -hmm. And that was really the scene where, and I mean, all of of this, seeing him upset, seeing him worried, his five o'clock shadow, his disheveled, not sleeping persona, all of that was working for me. Um, But it, it really came to a head when he snaps and chokes somebody. Now, I just want to say, when you first said that this episode, you had a lot of feelings, I thought you meant, like, that you were emotional, maybe over, like, Scully's kidnapping and Mulder's determination. Um, but I see now that that is not even close to what you meant. <laughs> uh, it's not what I meant. I This episode is emotional, and I thought it was really well done. But the main emotion I felt was... Um, attracted the Mulder. That's, you know, that's fair as well. And I don't think, I think, you know, you like a, a passionate man. I do. I guess I, I guess I do. I, you know, I don't know that this was something that I knew about myself beforehand. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if anything, we're doing this podcast to learn more about ourselves. So... It's working. I'm glad to be on this journey of self-discovery with you. And, you know, I I was also thinking throughout this whole episode, like, this must have been Gillian Anderson's easiest day of work ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was just like, I mean, I feel like really we see her face like three times. (laughs) she's never speaking and she's laying down the entire time yeah I mean good for her she deserves a break she just uh, what she did this day yeah she came in and she laid down and they turned the camera on and then she was done yep that's it and for that I hope she got a fucking Emmy because she did amazing. David Duchovny should have gotten an Emmy for this episode, I think. 
I, um, <laughs> sure. I, I sense a hesitation in you that I'm shocked by. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I guess, I just feel like you're being biased due to your... Are Emmys, are Emmys not decided by how horny the voters are? I mean, I think they might be, actually. <laughs> now, there's a, there's a twist on the Emmys. <laughs> it's hard to transition to talking about the actual plot of this show now because yeah. I want to talk about how Scully's mom shows up, but it just feels <laughs> feels hard to do. I'll do it. Scully's mom shows up <laughs> um, <laughs> at Scully's apartment. Mulder's there. You know, we've got blood. We've got a broken phone. I just want to. I want to step back really quick. We have blood with hair stuck to it which I thought was very interesting, specific, um, kind of disturbing to look at. We have the broken bone, Mulder's going through, he touches the blood, somehow it's on his hand, Scully's mom's at the door. Um, there you go. <laughs> well, the blood with hair on it happens multiple times. I think Scully lost a lot of hair in this episode. <laughs> it's really upsetting <laughs> yeah I wish that wouldn't have happened but so Scully's mom shows up I guess I mean I guess the police must have called her and been like your daughter's missing so she shows up and she tells Mulder that she had a dream about Scully being taken away which yes. kind of relates to whenever Scully's dad died and she was kind of having like dreams or like um premonitions kind of about him or, or you know she was seeing him and she also knew when he died like he appeared to her when he died and so it makes me think that the Scully family has some I don't know some kind of ESP with each other yeah they seem to um be connected in another level they're having premonitions for sure uh and I think that that is pretty fucking cool it is. It is. But something I was also thinking throughout this episode, and I don't remember if this is the same actress that played her mom in the first season. I'm just going to assume that it is. It is. But, okay. I thought that she looked pretty young to be Scully's mom. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. But she didn't look... I, well, I don't know. I was going to say she doesn't look that much older than David Duchovny. And I kind of feel like that's true. I mean, she definitely looks a bit older, but not that much. Yeah, she doesn't look very old. And, I mean, I think we've had the discussion. We may have had this discussion before. I can't remember. We've definitely talked about how Skelly's age is undetermined. Yeah. But, you know, we made some guesses. But her, I, I mean, her mom could be, well, she could be in her late 40s. She would have been yeah. a young mom. Yeah. But I think they did cast someone a little too young. But, you know, she's a sweet lady, so I'll let it slide. Yeah. 
And we all know that Jillian Anderson has a baby face in the show. She looks very young. Her character has to be older, but she looks very young. So I guess it makes sense. It just runs in the family that they look young. I would love if Scully was actually just, like, 20. They were like, I don't know, she was a genius. She just, like, went through her schooling really quick and got accepted to the academy. And now she's the youngest FBI agent on record. Like, (laughs) that should have been her storyline that should have been our backstory that she was a prodigy yeah i would have enjoyed it it would be easy to believe i don't remember specifically how old jillian was when this started but like if they were like she's playing an 18 year old i'd be like yeah (laughs) for sure yeah i think she is younger than scully the character should be and we don't know that for sure because we don't know scully's age for sure but i think Jillian Anderson was in, like, her early to mid-twenties when the show started. She was young. I don't know how interesting this is, but whenever we see Dwayne Barry driving, because Dwayne Barry is back in this episode, he has kidnapped Scully, and she's in the trunk of his car, there's music playing over, there's, the music's playing in his car, but we hear it, um, And it it made me think that this was like, I think, I could be wrong, but I think that this is the first time an episode of The X-Files has had a real song in it and not just a score. I think you might be right. I felt, I I had a lot of conflicted feelings about this song. It, It just seemed so weird and like, at the beginning it's like kind of upbeat, but then it's like, you know, the lyrics are just almost, like, too on the nose. <laughs> the lyrics were pretty on the nose. I wish I had written them down. I remember feeling like this song sounded like a song I'd heard before, but definitely wasn't. Like, it's definitely, like, an off-brand of a popular song. Mm, that's interesting. They're like, we'll do our own version. Yeah, I I know that royalties for famous songs cost a lot, so they were probably like, let's go with one that's not as famous and costs less money, but still maybe sounds similar. Yeah, they gotta save up. It's only season two. They Can't go blowing their budget all the time like their <laughs> first season. Every episode was like, fuck. <laughs> They got to save money to pay David Duchovny his $80 million. (laughs) Yeah, per episode. (laughs) Well, you know, Mulder's not allowed to work this case because he's too close to it. And also he just keeps telling them that, you know, the aliens told Dwayne Barry what to do. And the FBI just, like, doesn't want to hear it. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to hear it. Um, but we got, you know, Alex Krychek is back again, much to my dismay. I hate him more in this episode than I've ever hated him. And he's only been around for, I guess, three episodes now, but it feels like forever. But Alana, by the end of this episode, He's basically gone. He is. He is. 
but I don't trust that he's gone forever. And also he did horrible things in this episode that I will never forgive him for. Yeah, he really went off the rails in this one. And by off the rails, I mean followed orders to a T. But um, <laughs> seemingly off the rails. Um, oh, I wish I could have made like a better joke about like the trolley mm-hmm. wire. Off, off the cable. He goes off, off the cable. He goes off the cable. Um, boy, that is a stressful scene, I'll tell you. I had a lot of feelings during that scene, too. Sexual feelings, or... Yeah, of course. Yeah. I got <laughs> it. Anytime I say I had feelings, that's that's what I meant. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm, I'm learning the lingo here. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about the scene where Mulder... So, a, a cop stops Dwayne Barry, and Dwayne ends up shooting the cop, but they get, like, the the footage from his car and so they see that Scully's in the trunk of the car and um Mulder kind of like is looking at the picture and they have to like zoom in to really tell that it's her and once he figures out that it's her I guess I was expecting him to be like more upset because he's I mean baseline he's just upset this whole episode but when he sees her in the trunk I thought he was going to be like even more upset but he actually is happy like, I feel like he is somewhat relieved and, like, does a little, like, okay, she's, oh, there she is. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he, I guess he was assuming that she might have been dead. And this is like, oh, she's still alive. Yeah, I definitely so he think. Strange, he has a strange happy reaction to her being tied up in the trunk of a car. He does. It was absolutely, I think, relief that she's alive. But I also was kind of like, well, why would you think she's dead when how many times has Dwayne Barry told everyone that he needs to take someone else to the abduction site so that he doesn't get abducted? Like, he's not bringing the aliens a dead girl. Yeah, but this kind of brings up one of, like, the bigger questions I have about this episode, which is that at the end of the last episode... You know, we were led to believe that maybe Dwayne Barry is just um, an unstable person who has been lying the whole time about these aliens. But then Mulder and Scully discover he was telling the truth about what the aliens, uh, what he said the aliens put into him. And they find, you know, that weird chip that like Scully scans. So that should speak to him telling the truth. But it seems like in this episode... And maybe it's just because he's so worried and scared about what's going to happen to Scully. It seems like Mulder doesn't believe him anymore about aliens and is thinking that he is just an unstable person who has hurt and maybe killed Scully. Yeah, he definitely suddenly is skeptical, um, which is a weird switch. And I... I would assume that, yes, it is probably just fear of something happening to her. Um, I wonder if there's also some sort of denial at play with, like, you know, his sister was taken by aliens and just, like, you know, all the women he's close with. You know, he's like, this this can't be happening again. My closest female companion. But... 
he absolutely is skeptical of Dwayne Barry and thinks that he's just, you know, taken Scully to hurt her. And even when he's with Dwayne Barry at the end and he's, like, questioning him, it's still, like, he's, like, what really happened? Who took her? And it's, like, come, Mulder. I saw the spaceship. (laughs) But was it a spaceship? Or was it a helicopter? Well, I think the first one, the first beam of light was a spaceship. Because I don't feel like there was, like, a lot of wind at that moment. Versus, (laughs) you know what I mean? Versus when... Did you, I mean, did you see a lot of wind the second time? Yeah! When he's, like, handcuffed him, their hair's blowing and it's loud. Hmm. But Mulder's further away the first time he sees the light. You know, I can hear a helicopter when it's in the sky. And I'm indoors. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll have to rewatch with a closer analysis in order to really. Do- yeah, we really got to analyze the wind. We need a slow motion replay of that scene. So Mulder's trying to find Scully, and and basically the whole thing with this episode is that Mulder is doing what he has to do to try to find Scully and is really out of his mind about it. But Alex Krychek is there every step of the way, secretly holding him back and secretly trying to impede him from finding Scully, which is just really unforgivable. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. And you shouldn't forgive him. And he's terrible and I hate him. And that opinion stands based on what we've seen so far and based on the future. Um, I, would, I wouldn't say that he improves as a character. Uh, so, you know, your hatred for him can can remain. That's good. I'm glad to hear that because I was thinking if they try to do eventually like a redemption arc with him, I'm, I'm just never going to buy into it because I hate him. I hate his face. I hate his hair. I hate his suits and his ties. And um, I just hate him. Did you say you hate his ties? I do, yeah. I hate his ties. Okay. I just wanted to, to make sure I got that correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Despicable fashion taste. Horrible yeah. style. Doesn't fit in with the rest of the show's aesthetics. No, not at all. Get him out. <laughs> yeah. Walter does say it pretty early on that he suspects that um, maybe somebody gave Dwayne Barry Scully's address... And I have to assume that it was Alex Krychek that did that. Yeah, it definitely um, looks that way. And, you know, Alex Krychek is just there to fuck things up. Um, You know, this... I guess I'll just, you know... There's a scene with him and the smoking man towards the end where... You know, it's very clear that everything he's done has been a, a direct order from him. And we get that a little earlier in the episode, I guess, too, when Mulder's on the cable car and Krychek stays back. And I'm like, the one time that he should have come with him, of course he's not coming because he's going to sabotage it. But he, like, makes a call and he's like, let me know what to do. I, you know, he says something maybe cooler than that. Um, 
<laughs> but he is um, just a little puppet for the bad guys. He is a little puppet. He looks like a little puppet. And I hate him. But I do want to talk about this cable car scene. And I think that this is a cable car. I don't, I don't really know what else to call it. I mean, it's, it's basically like a ski lift except indoors. Yeah, it's like a gondola. <laughs> I've also heard as a term for those. What? I thought a gondola was a boat. No. Yeah, like one of those boats that are in like the Venice canals. It's it's both. It's <laughs> it's Italian for cable car. <laughs> I hope people call these gondolas. I swear I've been to a, a ski resort where they were called that, but if not, I'm gonna have to. A gondola lift means okay. is a means of cable transport. Oh, there we go. You're right. But regular, you have to say lift, I guess. Okay, gondola lift. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that. That's pretty much what it is, and it's they're enclosed and they're like little little sky pods. Yeah, so Mulder figures out that Dwayne Barry is taking uh, Scully to this Skyland uh, mountain. And instead of driving up, he decides to take this cable car, this gondola, to the top of the mountain. Because I guess that's faster than driving. I, sure, that makes sense. Um, but so he jumps yeah. into the cable car and closes it before Alex can join and the operators like this is dangerous this is like we haven't tested these cables yet like they could snap and he tells Mulder he tells Mulder he can't go past 15 miles per hour and Mulder immediately just as soon as he gets into it cranks it up to past 15 he's just he's right a away. real he's so reckless in this episode and i think that that is what i find attractive Mm, you like that chaos. Love chaos. <laughs> yeah, he immediately goes to as fast as it can go, which is like, okay, I get it. You're trying to get up there fast, but, like, if you die, it's not going to help anybody. So, like, calm down. But yeah, it, like, he really, down. he can't calm down. He really can't just, like, take any safety precautions. He's so out of his mind. And every time he passes a tower going 30 miles per hour on this cable car, the, the operator is like yelling at him to slow down or he's going to jump off the cable. And so he just, he barely turns it down. Like the first time he turned it from 30 to 25 and he was like, that's as low as I'll go. And yeah. eventually he turns it down a little lower, but he's just like so reckless. Yeah. It's like, this man knows how the machine works and he's telling you you're gonna jump off the cable meaning you just fall and die and you're like it's worth the risk i'll be fine <laughs> yeah i guess he cares very little about his safety but he should be thinking like if i die ben scully's definitely gonna be dead Mulder doesn't die though on that cable car and that is I mean, what a relief. 
It's pretty rocky for a while there. It is, and he doesn't die. But at a certain point, so he gets almost to the top. He's, like, basically there. And then Alex Krychek is like, okay, now's the time that I stop him. So he knocks out the operator, and he stops the cable car. So Mulder would be stuck there. Clearly underestimating Mulder because Mulder immediately just climbs outside of the cable car. And I don't know what he's attending, intending to do. I can only guess he was planning on, like, you know, trying to just climb across the rope of the cable car, the cable. I have to assume that. Yeah, I would think that as well. I guess the only other option is, like, if you were to get to the tower and, like, scale down it and then walk up the rest of the mountain because like you said he's like almost there he's basically he's basically made it but just not quite but alas he doesn't have to do any of that he just has to not fall off the cable car once Krychek starts it again right like so he sees Mulder okay first of all I don't understand why Krychek I I mean whatever he's an idiot but why didn't he stop Mulder when Mulder was, like, halfway up? As opposed to, like, when he's basically there. Yeah, I don't know. Because if he had done it sooner, it probably would have been more effective. Um, but it was almost like he was like, I've got to take matters into my own hands and stop him. Yeah, I guess maybe he was hoping that Mulder would, like, jump the cable and fall and die. Or I guess... He was also really just trying to stall him because the whole point was that Mulder would get there after, I guess, the abduction is what it seems like. Right. And that's a, that's what I was a bit unclear on. Whenever Mulder has climbed out of the cable car and is on top of it and Alex starts it again, Mulder almost falls off and almost dies and I wasn't sure if Alex starts it again because he was like, okay, maybe Mulder will fall. Or if he starts it again because he's like, okay, well, Mulder's going to get across anyway, so I'll just start it. Yeah, it does seem like he wants him to fall. But I think in that moment, it's like, I think he wants to kill Mulder. But, like, the smoking man clearly does not want him to like that's not part of this mission and i think that was Krychek just being rebellious yeah i mean at this point he doesn't know that the smoking man doesn't want him to kill Mulder. he doesn't learn that until later sure but he knows what his assignment is i guess but maybe yeah. he thought it was leading up to the murder of Mulder because you know everything is to sabotage him but it's not that. It's not to murder him. Yeah. Well, Mulder doesn't get there in time, and Scully is gone. As we've already talked about, it's debatable whether there's a helicopter that he sees, whether it's an alien spaceship. We don't know, but somebody's taken Scully. Someone's taken Scully, and we are sort of to believe that it is aliens or I mean Dwayne Barry still says it's aliens but he also says that the military is in on it and they know about it and they know where she is right 
So that seems very true with everything that we know up until now. And when him and when Mulder and Dwayne Barry go back to like inside the Skyline Resort and Mulder is um, interrogating him at one point, uh, Dwayne Barry looks at like the window of the room that they're in and there's just like three weird dudes in suits staring at him and they just walk away. Mulder turns around. There's nobody there. I don't know who those guys were, um, but they did make me laugh. Yeah, I think they were supposed to be just, like, some sort of threatening force. Maybe from the military, maybe they work with the smoking man. We don't know, but it is a, it's a strange, it's a strange uh, occurrence. And it's odd that they were just, there were three of them. Like, you could have just maybe sent one if you were trying not to be seen, but there's three of them. And they're just fully standing in the window. Uh, they really took a gamble that Mulder wasn't going to see them. Yeah. They have to travel in threes, I would assume. You know, they, like, can't go anywhere without each other. Yeah, it's protocol. Exactly. I feel like... I feel like you're not as... I mean, I guess we knew, kind of, that something bad was going to happen to Scully. But... I still feel like you're not very shocked that Scully has basically been abducted, whether by the military or aliens, I guess we, you know, is up for debate, maybe by both simultaneously, but like, she's been abducted. She has been, and I'm upset for her. I think, to be honest, the reason that why I'm not surprised is because of what I know about what's going on in Jillian Anderson's personal life at this point in time. I understand that she's been pregnant this whole time and that uh, they were likely looking for a way to write her off for her maternity leave. So I assume now that she's disappeared, she's probably going to be gone for a couple episodes because Jillian Anderson had a baby. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. And I would love to discuss the scene at the end where it's almost as though it's in Mulder's mind, but it's almost as though we're actually seeing Scully in these, this abduction, um, I don't know, ship, room, whatever the fuck it is, wherever she is. And, you know, there's like a drill coming down and then they make it look like they're pumping something into her stomach. But like, it's just like her full pregnant stomach in that scene and it just felt like such a weird choice to me (laughs) yeah like they show her on this table and they very easily could have hidden that she was pregnant but it very much feels like they were like well she's pregnant so we might as well use it to make it look creepy yeah but like why are we supposed to believe they're pumping into her stomach just like gas air poison To be honest, I didn't know if I was supposed to think that they were pumping something into her stomach or if they had just like, like, kind of like hooked into it and pulled it up. Uh, I I don't know what they were doing. And thinking about it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it was just like very blown up because she's pregnant. But it was I don't I just don't know that it was necessary. 
But it did happen. So, you know, there's really nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was upsetting. But when I saw it, I wasn't quite clear. And I assume I I won't know for sure for a while. Whether we're seeing something that's actually happening to Scully. My take on it was that we aren't seeing something that's actually happening to Scully. But we're seeing what Mulder is imagining is happening to Scully. I think that it actually is happening. And I think that because at the beginning of the episode when Mulder's walking around the apartment and seeing, you know, like the broken phone, the blood, the hair, it's flashing to scenes of her being kidnapped. And it's kind of like it's what's in his mind, but it's also clearly what happened. And so I feel like they're doing the same thing at the end where it's kind of like maybe it's just Mulder imagining the worst case scenario. But it's also like they're just showing us what's happening. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And it's interesting to hear you say that. I guess from where from where I'm sitting and from what I know about the show, having not seen any episode past this, what I think happened is that she was not abducted by aliens and she was abducted by the government because they wanted to um, get her away from Mulder because she was a problem. So they took her away and this wasn't necessarily aliens. But what I'm hearing from you is that that's not right and that she was actually abducted by aliens. Well, I don't really want to specify either way, but I think you're on the right track of, like, the greater thing of this show is, like, how involved is the government in, like, alien life and abductions? And, like, if she's abducted by aliens, was it still ordered by the government because the government is in cahoots with them? Like, how deep into the American government or military... Uh, you know, does this kind of conspiracy go? Because clearly, I mean, the smoking man is just up to no good, and we still don't know who he works for, but he seemed to be in on what happened. But that doesn't, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like just the government and there are no aliens. Sure. Yeah. So the, so what you're saying is that the alien, well, not the aliens, that the government told the aliens like, hey, take this person. So it wasn't necessarily the government itself kidnapping her, but they were in cahoots with the aliens. Yeah. I mean, I guess, th- I mean, there are many things that happen later that absolutely inform this episode, but... I can't, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, like, because I think there's some parts of the X-Files where I'm like, I think I know what happened. <laughs> but it's way more complicated than you would think. But, like, I mean, the government and, and aliens know each other. And that's what, that's what I'm going to say. Okay, yeah, they're f- they're familiar with each other. It's like 
yeah, you know, they're lying to the public that they have not, you know, found them, let alone made contact. Yeah, they've met a couple times at parties. They've they've seen each other around. Yeah, they might be Facebook friends. You know, not the first person you'd call, but if you if you really need something done, they'll probably do it for you. Okay, I I talked about how I felt about the choking scene. I want to know how you felt. Um. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I necessarily felt aroused I guess um I kind of want to watch it again and maybe I'll have a different mindset but I was just you know like I just when I have feelings about this episode they're like you know of despair because Mulder is just like I mean this is probably his worst nightmare happening And it's, like, so distressing for him that, like, he's, like, choking Dwayne Barry and, like, being skeptical about his story, which is just, like, not the man we know. And so it's just, like, I think it's more of an emotional, um, heart-wrenching experience for me. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like Mulder, like, you're right, like who Mulder is has gone completely out the window because he is just fully at this point, I think pure adrenaline and maybe pure fear, pure instinct. And I guess that's, I guess that's what I like about it. That's, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with your analysis. I just think it wasn't my first thought. But that's, you know, that's why we have a great dynamic. I didn't expect us to have such different levels of interest in Mulder. I will be honest about that. You know, I feel like mine, it comes in waves, you know? And and right now it's just in a downswing. I mean, I thought he was hot at the beginning. I did start with that. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, compared to later. Maybe it's just all this new knowledge I've learned about David Duchovny that, like, you know. The first time I watched this, I did not hear his music. I did not read about his strange books. And maybe now he's just tainted. I don't know. But that's that's really sad. I think it'll probably swing back because I know there are some parts later on that. I'm particularly um, drawn to and and pleased with. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear about those parts. I I thought you were going to say that you were not attracted to Mulder's, I guess, emotional state in this season so far. His, you know, depressed, disheveled, uh, angry, uh, kind of insane uh, mindset that he's in that I that seems to not do it for you the way that it does it for me <laughs> yeah I guess just not in the same way it does it for you you know I don't I'm not upset with him for that and I wouldn't say that I'm not attracted to that um that way of being 
But I think, you know, I just love the character so much that I feel bad that he's going through this. You know? Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. It's it's crossed over from, you know, lust to you to real love. You have a real deep care for him. And it's yeah. not all about the sexual appeal. It's really about his emotional well-being. And yeah. I guess that's where I'm not at. Well, I mean, but you're only, this is, this is your first go around with Mulder and we're only in season two. So you're going to be in lust for a little while. Okay. You know, it might take until your, your first rewatch that you truly fall in love. I mean, it probably won't, (laughs) but I'm just saying, I don't know. (laughs) Should we continue the podcast when I do a rewatch? Oh yeah, we're going to reboot this. But we're going to do it, like, I want us to be, like, 50 years old. Yeah. Like, we're doing it again. We're so sorry. I think we should absolutely do that. 100%. We'll be be on a spaceship somewhere on our way to, like, our new planet. Um, But we'll be recording and talking about the X-Files still. I'll be half the cyborg as I've let the computers take over my body. Yeah. Part of me will be frozen, but my subconscious will be uploaded um so that it can communicate with you we'll have a totally different perspective on these episodes i can't wait (laughs) it's gonna be great (laughs) sounds horrifying (laughs) well so to just kind of wrap up how this episode ends Dwayne barry dies r.i.p Dwayne barry um and it's after Mulder chokes him but Alex Krychek also goes into the room with him by himself, and I believe, and Mulder believes, might have poisoned him. But they try to frame Mulder basically for his death by saying that it was due to the trauma of him choking him that he died. And when they're kind of like accusing Mulder of this, he brings up that he thinks that the toxicity report was hid and that they're not revealing how he really died. And they're like, Mulder, why are you so paranoid while they're literally accusing him of something he didn't do? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Like, obviously, of course he is. And he's upset. And his partner was just, like, kidnapped and abducted. He has every right to be paranoid. He also... You are correct. He is correct. He, you know, Dwayne Barry did not die from asphyxiation. And when Mulder goes to, like, see the body or, like, talk to the person conducting the autopsy, he's talking to her and then she says something about the military and he's like, this isn't an FBI something, something, something. And she's like, no, uh, you know, the only one that could come in was is from the military. And so it was like, uh oh, the military really is in on this, and they're definitely covering something up. Yeah, they are. And I'm glad that you mentioned this scene because I forgot that one thing that made me laugh, and it's just such a small detail, and maybe it's not even that funny, but I thought it was funny, is that this morgue doctor who does the autopsy, she comes in and she talks to Mulder, and she has a chart with her. 
And when she puts the chart down, she literally puts it on top of Dwayne Barry's dead body. Like, she's just like, it's like he's a table. Yeah, she just rests it casually along his body. Um, You know, once a body's dead, it's basically a table, Alana. That is what you've always told me. I've Um, always told you this. (laughs) Over and over again, do I say, once a body's dead, it's basically a table. And you were right, and this episode proves it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Mulder goes to Skinner and tells Skinner everything that he believes, and they both realize that Crycheck has disappeared, his, like, phone has been disconnected, he's, like, it's basically like he never existed. And Skinner believes Mulder. Skinner believes everything Mulder's saying. He's like, yeah, he's right. And I just think it's worth noting that Mulder, like, figured out and put the, like, last puzzle pieces together because he borrowed Krychek's car and finds cigarettes, like, smoked cigarettes in the, I don't know, cigarette drawer? 90s were crazy. And he's like, Krychek doesn't smoke. And then just, like, is like, I've got it. I figured it all out. And, like, gives, like, a report to Skinner that lays it all out that's like super accurate and is really just like you know a hunch but yeah Skinner's like pretty cool with it which means he's probably been suspicious of Krychek because I think he even says that like he didn't assign him like someone else did that and like he doesn't necessarily know what else is going on but he knows it's some sketchy shit I think yeah, the only person in Washington, D.C. that smokes is the smoking man. So that cigarette literally could not have been anybody else's. I mean, really, they could have gotten a DNA tested if they wanted to. But I think, like, I mean, Skinner knows the smoking man. He's been in his office many times. But we just don't really know what their relationship looks like. Does he just yeah. demand to come in and sit in on these meetings? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I would assume that he does. Um, but the X-Files are back, baby. Yeah, Skinner, when he believes Mulder, says something like, I'm going to do the only thing I can do and reopen the X-Files. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, whenever he said that, I literally gasped. I was like, oh. wow. I wasn't expecting it. Um, And it was kind of bittersweet because it's like, okay, Mulder gets the X-Files back. But what it took was Scully being kidnapped. Yeah, right. It's, uh, you know, probably hard for him to be happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't how I expected it to come back. Um, But it's, I was so pumped up whenever Skinner said that. I was like, yeah, we're back in business, baby. (laughs) We're doing it. Scully's not here, but we're still back. (laughs) Yeah, half of us are back. And it's like, isn't all he's going to be doing is trying to find Scully? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's that's the only X-File that exists. X-Files are back and you have have one case. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I know that I've said that I haven't felt any emotions during this episode. But the last two scenes 
were actually really touching to me and I did feel emotional during them. The first being Mulder meeting with Scully's mom again and giving her Scully's cross necklace that he found in the trunk of the car. And that's when they really, and I think you and I talked about this maybe in, in one of the first episodes of the show, it's that Scully wears this cross necklace, but she's a skeptic and she's not religious. And Mulder asks uh, Scully's mom why she wears it if she doesn't believe. And basically Scully's mom is like, well, I, I gave this to her when she was a teenager. And so it's just something that I think makes her feel close to her mom. But then her mom doesn't take the necklace and gives it back to Mulder and says, give it to her when you find her. Yeah, it's a very sweet moment. And, like, they feel like they have such a close connection when they're talking, too. And I guess they just have a shared love of Scully. Don't we fucking all? <laughs> now, you know, when I... Uh, the people listening to the podcast can't see me, but I, I debated saying something that I think would ruin this touching moment. Um, so maybe I just won't do that. I want you to say it. <laughs> Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, yes, I found this scene touching. I really genuinely um, thought it was a sweet scene. Was there a part of me that was like, is there sexual tension between Mulder and Scully's mom? Kind of. I knew that that's what you were going to say. <laughs> because you also felt it. Yeah, no, it's there. It's like, it's in the air. But I think, I mean, I think it's not really there, but it's like, you know, they're both distraught. And sometimes when people are so devastated, weird sexual energy comes up. And that sounds like a ridiculous sentence, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's totally true. And, you know, her husband recently died. She's single. He's hot. He hasn't slept in days. He's like, I don't know, she's basically Scully. <laughs> we already talked about how young she looks. And he calls her Mrs. Scully, so. Yeah, it's a very, it sounds it's, so it's, weird. <laughs> it's basically Scully. And I, I would have to assume part of this is that I think David Duchovny, at this time in his life, just had sexual tension with probably any woman that he was around. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Like, they, they couldn't even write it out of the script if they tried. No, not at all. It was just going to happen. But the very last scene, again, I found to be touching and beautiful. Mulder is by himself mm. um, outside in, in the wilderness, and he's just looking up the stars. And I have to imagine he's thinking about about what you mentioned earlier, both his sister, who was abducted and he still doesn't know where she is, and now, you know, his best friend. Like, yes, the woman he loves, but also basically his best friend has also disappeared now. And he's just looking up at the stars searching. Yeah, he's like, where, where are they? Where are they? They must be up there. It was a really, I, this is the real sad moment of the show to me, of this episode. Because um, I have to imagine he just feels so 
hopeless and um, confused and lost. Yeah, and alone. Yeah. Like, yeah, very alone. Oh, Mulder, it's going to be okay. Trust Is me, it? I, we don't know. We don't, I, that's where that's where this episode ends. We don't know, right? And I have no clue what happens later. So <laughs> I don't know if he's okay or not. So the next episode that we're watching, episode seven, is titled three, and in parentheses marks. It has the number three. So it's the, I don't know if this is actually, actually the title, but it's the word three written out and then in parentheses, the number three. And <laughs> the description is Mulder links a series of grisly deaths to a group of modern day vampires. And I got to say, that's not, that's not the episode description I was expecting after this. Yeah, I mean, you'll notice there was no to be continued at the end of this episode, meaning that, you know, the next one, we're dealing with vampires, not necessarily all about the abduction, um, which is a which is such a weird thing, but it's, like, what this show has to do to, like, fill the time. Like, there, no one's going to watch just, like, I don't know, 10 episodes. I don't know how many episodes she's gone for it, but like and multiple episodes where he's just looking for Skelly. Like, the, that's a lot of space to fill. They're like, I don't know, throw some vampires in there, get a couple other things going on, keep him busy. Well, I'm extremely interested in seeing what his mindset is in this next episode where I guess he's just like, well, Skelly's gone. Guess I gotta look into some vampires. Yeah, he's, like, you know, now back on the X-Files, and he's got, like, real work to do, so he can't just focus on her. Well, you know what, aliens, if you're out there, please bring Scully back, because we're, we're more scared than ever. 